In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 7, Paul said, But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. This has been said many times to this point. We recognize the day that our country has set aside to honor mothers. And it is a day in which we try to do that. But I also recognize that it is not necessarily a day for everyone in which it is easy to remember mothers. For those who have suffered loss, loss of a mother, loss of a child, loss of a relationship, it's not an easy day. But in the main, generally speaking, it is a day in which we recognize and we do give homage to those who have had everything to do with our life. A few weeks ago, I guess maybe the first of the month, maybe first of last month, Jordan and Holly and Jody and I were hosting a get-together of the young 20-pluses, single and married in our home. And Jordan was going through the Bible study with them, and after it was over, we were all sitting around visiting, and I was sitting at the table with Chandler, and something came up at the table about six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> and that was a new one on me. I said, will you please explain that to me? So Chandler engaged me in the explanation to say, if you touch this one, to touch this one, to touch this one, and it just goes on and on and on to six degrees. Well, it's really not six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's six degrees of mothers. Because every one of us have had or have that relationship with our mothers that touches us in our lives exponentially. The waves just continue to reverberate out from those relationships. It's not just that relationship. It's as the six degrees touches one, it touches another, and so it touches another and touches another for generations, for generations on end. It's not unusual then that Paul would say what he did as speaking to the Thessalonians. In this chapter, he really is giving a defense of himself before them that he's not come to abuse them or take advantage of them. And so he uses this terminology. But we were gentle among you just as nursing mothers cherish her own children. Just as nursing mothers cherish her own children. That is a relationship that no man will ever understand or experience. There is that special relationship between a nursing mother and her child. Now, whether that be natural or whether it be by the bottle, whatever being supplied by the mother in that way is something that no man will have the ability to experience or ever understand how, how special, how, how cherished that moment is. I want you to think just a moment through the Bible and the six degrees, the relationships that reverberate out. This is not a lesson that is intended to be highly technical with instruction. It's a lesson to be a reminder, a lesson that is hopefully to stimulate us to be more appreciative, a lesson that is intended to cause us to reflect, and a lesson that is to cause us to 
in our appreciation. Take a moment, whether in memory or whether literally, to have a thought of thanks. Most of the time, I don't think I'm wrong about this, but most of the time when we talk about individuals in the Bible, we talk about men. And they're dominant for sure throughout the narrative. But there is an equal amount of space given to women in the Bible. And they are powerful, powerful figures throughout the Bible narrative. I mean, the human race began with a mother. We all are descendants from Adam and Eve. We're all descendants from Noah and his wife. And spiritual descendants with Abraham and Sarah. And so throughout the Bible narrative, women have a tremendous place, have played a tremendous part in our relationship in a filial way and also in a spiritual way. I was thinking about Rebecca and Isaac. The birth of the two boys, Jacob and Esau that changed the landscape of the whole Bible narrative. That it would have been thought that Esau would have been the one to have received the birthright, the recognition by God. But text tells us that Jacob I have loved, Esau I have hated. I have loved less is the idea. Esau was not the one I chose. But I got to tell you, there was not a lot about Jacob that you really want to appreciate in the very beginning. He's not the guy you want as your best friend. If you want the guy that's going to be your friend, it's Esau. Because he's the one that's going to go hunting with you. He's the one that's going to go fishing with you. He's the one that's going to cook the venison for you. He's the one that's going to provide for you. He's not going to deceive you. He's not going to take advantage of you. When you get done with Esau, you're not going to be wondering, is the billfold still in my pocket? When you get done with Jacob... You're going to be wondering, what was just stolen from me? But that's not the end of his story. The end of his story is he becomes Israel, a ruler with God. And with Leah, has Judah. And from that relationship with Leah that was never anticipated, never expected, it was Rachel that he loved. comes the lineage of Christ. And you think about the women in that lineage. Advancing many years, I think about Ruth who gave birth to Obed, who gave birth to Jesse, who gave birth to David. Have you ever noticed in the lineage description there, it does mention the mother of a few of those men, but it never mentions David's mother. He's always the son of Jesse. He's never the son of Jessica. He's always the son of Jesse. His mother's never mentioned. But is there any doubt the role that his mother played in his life? And that introduces something to me. The unsung heroes of the Bible story who are never, never mentioned by name. David's mentioned by name. 
Jesse's mentioned by name. Ruth is mentioned by name. But how many of the mothers are never mentioned by name? We know Hannah. She prayed for that boy and said, if you give him to me, I'll give him back to you. And Samuel became one of the great judges and prophets of the time. Even after having lived in the dysfunctional realm of Eli. We know Eunice and Lois. And we still experience the reverberations, those six degrees from Eunice and Lois, because of Timothy. That young man who sat at the feet of his mother, his grandmother, who had taught him initially the Holy Scriptures. I think a reference to the Old Testament, which means taught him the stories of the Bible. But that most cherished of stories... We know the Father because we know what the Father gave His Son. When that prodigal son said, give me my inheritance. And we know what the Father did for the Son when He came home. You ever thought about where's the mother? Now, while the mother's not the point of that story, it really is to show the Pharisees what they're like by the older brother. But did that dad just put that party on all by himself? How many of us, how many of us as fathers would be equipped or have the patience or have the ingenuity to know how to put on a spread like that? I might know to give a robe. I might know to give a ring. I might know to give a hug, but I have no idea how to prepare a table. And I realize he had servants. But is there not someone else there that's also playing an unsung role that's never mentioned in that boy's life? We read Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. That great statement by Joshua, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You can serve who you want to. We're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my household, who does household involve? You think Joshua just made that decision on his own? Left Mrs. Joshua out of the picture? I think what he's saying is, as for me and my wife, this is what we're going to do. We're going to lead our home this way. Me and my wife, we're going to lead our home this way and we're going to serve the Lord. Whatever you do in your home, we're going to do this in our home. My wife and I are going to be parents too. We're going to be mother and father to these children, and we're going to lead them in this way. How many homes are dependent upon the spiritual mindedness of the mother to be the spiritual mind of the home? Surely we're aware that there are congregations throughout the United States of America and this world that are not like Campbell Road. Where you don't have approximately 400 people filling an auditorium like this with children sitting with their parents, parents enjoying their children, but what you have is you have congregations of five people. And that's five women. And those five women in that community are the Lord's church.
How many times in any given congregation is it that women are the more spiritually in-depth with regard to the Word of God than men are because they apply themselves to that more? How many times more is it that the grandmother, not just the mother but the grandmother, sits down with the grandchild and shares the Bible stories with the grandchild? Not the grandfather, the grandmother. The grandmother tells the stories of the Bible. The grandmother shares the verses of the Bible. Eunice and Lois, again. When I think about these unsung mothers of the Bible, I think about the man that is known as Saul of Tarsus that becomes the Apostle Paul. Surely we realize that Saul of Tarsus was not just an outright rebel. Surely we realize that Saul of Tarsus was as fervent a Hebrew as a Hebrew could ever be. But nothing's ever mentioned about his parents. Where did he get that fervor for being the Hebrew of Hebrews? There's an influence on his life from someone or someone's. Is there not an unsung person in his past that's never mentioned? Is there not a mother that had a role to play in his life that's never mentioned? It says he's of the tribe of Benjamin. There's that male, that male recognition again. It says the tribe he's from, but that's not his mother. That's his father. The role that his mother played in his life to enable him to be that man who had that passion to be a Hebrew and to be a Pharisee that was going to be, I think, the head of the Sanhedrin one day. That's the track he was on. But it could also be that that mother instilled in him not a love for position, president of the Sanhedrin, as much as a relationship with Jehovah. Therefore, he felt it important to persecute those of the way because they were violating Jehovah. And could it be that very thing that was implanted in his heart, that love that was implanted in his heart for Jehovah and for the law of Jehovah was the very thing that also made him amenable to, open to receiving the Lord when the Lord came to him in a stark way that could not be ignored? And then turn his back on everything he thought he'd been living his life in all good conscience to pursue. Where did he learn that value? Was there something, not something in the home? And is it possible, is it altogether possible, just a suggestion, a necessary implication that from this man's life, though never mentioned, that his mother had something significant to do with that in his life? How many of us are byproducts? Of that kind of mother. You know, when we were younger and dad would leave for gospel meetings, there were several reasons we all loved it. Not the least of which is now we could eat a hamburger. Because dad didn't like to go out to eat, but mom loved to get a hamburger. So when dad would leave, we loved to get a hamburger. We could get, have a hamburger now. There were several other amenities that we'd have along the way, but that's one thing that we loved. We loved that. But just as with every wife here, 
And just as with Jody and Holly, when the husbands are out of town, what happens in the home when the husband's gone? Inevitably, almost every time, what happens? Something goes wrong. Something goes wrong with the plumbing, with the electricity, with the dishwasher, with the washing machine. And something inevitably goes wrong with who? One of the kids. Who's the one that's the anchor that's there to nurture and cherish the child while the father's gone? And I know, I know there are things my mother handled that to this day, unless dad listens to this sermon online, he never knew took place. And I'm not going to tell you what they were. (laughs) But she knew, and we knew. And she handled it. Just like you mothers handle that. Who does that? The mother does that. Who is the anchor of that family relationship? So you think about the powerful influences on our lives. And that six degrees reverberates, not from Kevin Bacon, but that six degrees reverberates from our homes and the very person who birthed and gave us life. In Proverbs chapter 31, in Proverbs chapter 31, you're familiar with this chapter. I well realize that the majority of this audience is. But the latter part of that chapter, I think, is just such a significant statement. When it says, beginning in verse verse 28, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well. But you excel them all. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands. And let her own works praise her in the gates. How many of us men are known not from what we do? from what our wives do. And how many are known not because of what the children do, but because of what the mother does? Yes, God has a significant place in each of our lives for the person that is responsible for giving us life, nourishing and cherishing us as no one else ever could in this world. And we rise up and we call them blessed. For those who are expecting, you can anticipate the greatest experience you could ever experience in your life. For those are facing challenges 
God gave you mothers to never, never, never give up on you when everybody else throws up their hands. And how many have been led to the Lord and how many will have salvation because of the influence of a spiritually minded mother. And we honor them. And we rise up. And we call them blessed. Praise God. And thank Him for those who have nurtured us in our lives. This has not been a lesson that is intended to maybe call someone to the gospel. But perhaps there's someone this morning that has felt that, that need, that compulsion to, to come to Christ. To have their sins washed away. To confess Him as Lord. And to begin that new walk and new life with Him. If you can do that, that's your need. Please come while we stand and while we sing. Thank you for connecting with us this morning. We're so thankful that you were able to do that. If you have questions, we'd love to have the opportunity to talk to you. You can contact us at www.thebibleway.com or questions at thebibleway.com. Questions at thebibleway.com. We'd love to have you in person. Come if you can. But thank you for connecting with us.